my God. Lord Jesus. All right, so I started watching the debate this morning from last night. I forgot. Last night we recorded our very first episode of Jacob V Weekly and figured out how to post it via Podbean, and I got all my approval notices, and we're live on iTunes, Spotify, you know, your favorite audio platforms. But Jesus, I didn't realize we were missing the debate while we were doing all of that. The final presidential debate, and I just feel responsible to kind of make sure I'm informed. Um, not great. Uh, so I have it queued up because I, I thought maybe we could finish and kind of live react to the end of it together. But uh, I started with some notes. Um, whew, oh, update. Before we get into the debate, uh, are we rolling? Everything's rolling? rolling. Photo booth looks good? Yeah. Uh, what about the uh, Studio One looks good? Let me in. Don't touch anything. Yeah, everything's Okay, great. Um, so our, our big realization in the sort of the opening segment from last night, our first episode, was really want to get into the the legal pretense of uh, what we call cockfighting, which is actually mentioned that way in the Missouri law. I posted on just uh, the void, the negative void space of Facebook. It just said, guys, what's the actual legality of? And uh, our lawyer friend that we talked about chimed in. He linked me some Missouri law, and another friend of mine linked me some. And... Uh, there's a law against bull baiting and cockfighting, and it really covers all sorts of animals except dogs, because that has separate legislation limiting, of course, dog fighting, which I am totally against, not a dog fighter. So we thought, listen, it's the 21st century. We just need people to be betting in this app so that we can get our 3%, so that we can go cha-ching. And I was thinking, I have a good friend who works in California, in for like Samsung or Sony or something, I don't even know, but he works in AR. And so I'm thinking, I play Pokemon Go every day. I was playing this morning. It was delicious. I'm thinking Cockmo AR. I'm thinking my, my gut instinct last night laying in bed was real Cox simulated combat. Now, because I think that's a lot of things. People are, a lot of people are still at home uh, going into the winter months, people may be motivated to stay in home more. A lot of people are getting puppies. We're running out of puppies. Spay and neuter your puppies. We're running out of puppies. Hold on. And I'm thinking the big thing could be roosters as pets, and you're growing them to be massive fighting machines, but they don't actually have to fight. It's simulated in the Cockmo app, and we bet on the simulated combat. So you're kind of you're you're beefing up a a rooster or whatever yeah. kind of animal this is, and you are just posting a profile of this of That's this what animal. I'm saying. That's where, you know what I mean? Because, I, for example, I have a task in Pokemon Go to do some AR mapping, which they want me to go to a Pokestop, which is a picture of a statue over here on a corner, and they want me to scan it with my phone for like 30 seconds. They want me to walk around it so that they can do a better augmented reality uh experience when you're catching a pokemon at that pokestop right that's what they want to <clears> do <throat> i'm thinking you scan up that rooster baby you got a big succulent proud strong fighting cock you just you know you feed him you love him you spoil him you make him the best he can be and then you know uh the fighting all happens uh virtually um in the app and then that's where the betting will take place also so that's the thing two things we need uh, how to make the betting in the app legal. That's, you know, because that's why it came up. It was I thought it was funny because you hear all the time 
huge in the past couple months, especially locally, ads for those places where you bet on sports, um, f- either fantasy or otherwise. And uh, it's, um, I, I'm not going to, I don't like naming other people's stuff by name, but the, I'm just thinking like, so some kind of law changed across the river in Illinois where they can do that either more easily or more frequently or whatever. So I'm thinking, obviously there's a legal battle that's, that's down the road because of former, um, the former riverboat casino lobby which is why our casino laws are the way they are. The term cockfighting is, mm-hmm. I mean, extraordinarily subjective, I think, you know, and I think. Well, that's the thing. I don't want any, I don't want anyone's cock to get hurt. You know what I mean? So I'm thinking we use the best of all of our environments. You get a brand new pet. You get to study a new thing. You can have a Pinterest board about what you're feeding your, your fighting chicken to get them big and strong. And then you just got to take glamorous pictures of them, which people love to do. We load it up in our AR thing, and then you can take your scan of your big, beautiful chicken, and he could fight other chickens completely digitally. No blood on the pavement. Maybe that was aggressive. I said I wanted to see blood on the pavement. I thought that sounded fun. Well, you know, I think the other thing you have to consider is there's going to have to be some sort of rating system in, in that we, so we can rate these, you know, these cocks. Yeah. You know, strength, uh, you know. Weight. Weight. And, and <clears throat> you can't. Do it, you know, you can't see that in just a picture. So they're gonna have to upload this information. We're gonna have to well, because I think lying. that's the AR scanning thing. It's kind of like stop, almost like um, not stop motion, but what's the thing? It, would they do CGI and they cover you in ping pong balls? Right. It's so like that actual dimension because it wants you. It wants to get a 3D scan of the subject, which is gonna be hard with a rooster. You're gonna have to train your rooster to sit still, and pose for the camera, but like they want you to scan it all around so they can create from it's all those different angles. A, yeah. So we got a plug on that. I'm going to hit up my dude. We're talking about it on the record just because I could take this to court when someone eventually steals my idea. I don't think it'll hold up, but it'd be an entertaining court battle. And uh, that's, that's our next step is looking into how to make the betting part legal. And then we have to figure out how to get all these cocks to all these new people. People don't know they want roosters, but once, once they could be a part of this AR community of, you know, gambling and simulated rooster combat, I think they're going to be hooked. I mean, also creating an algorithm that creates completely random, unbiased rooster cock combat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Based solely off of the rooster's, um, what do you call them? Um, specifications, right? right. The, the components. Yeah, the, the, the data from that rooster and, and playing out the likely scenario of, how second by second a fight would go between those two specimens i think you know and the other thing we can cover this like racing next... like racing horses you look and you say okay this is the horse's history this is the jockey's history these are the betting numbers based off of all those probabilities of how he'd rank in this lineup same thing for the rooster except they don't actually have to be in contact with the other we simulate that part because of the social distancing and the violence and the blood on the pavement i get it i get it it's civilization right on well, and I think it'll also, you know, it'll it'll help the people who uh, sell roosters because I think if we could somehow tag that's the thing. I also don't sellers. know the ratios on that because we were talking about KFOs last night and thinking confined animal feeding operations are the real enemy here. Right. But um, I don't think we, do we eat roosters or are we mostly eating female chickens? I don't know. That's the thing. We need yeah, to get. You know what? I have an aunt who is a. Um, grew up on a chicken farm oh my god we have all the contacts we need okay so we're going to talk to my aunt Lori about the chicken farm rooster supply 
Kokmo AR coming soon. I will leave it there. <laughs> Oh. The music was playing. We're transitioning. That's our official cue to transition to the actual debate. That was our Kokmo AR update. And you're not hearing anything? I didn't hear the No, it was over by the time you got your headphones on. You hear me now? You hear me now in there? No. You don't hear you don't hear me in your headphones, right? At all. Huh? Okay, well don't worry about it. I'm on it. We're learning here, folks. You know, I was listening to the episode just to make sure it was up from last night and uh, there was a couple parts where we talked like maybe we were gonna edit some things out or whatever and we just kind of left them in. And I kind of like that style, right? We're not, you know, you're not chopping up a lunch meeting or a happy hour. So that's kind of funny. Yeah. But you should have seen how I just looked at Joe. I looked at him like, what are you doing? Cause our music punched in. Cause it's time we got to move on to this debate from last night that we were missing. I, I started going minute by minute and then got overwhelmed. And so what I want to do is just want to talk about the first half. We're like an hour and a half in, and then there's, I think, less time than that left. Is your Instagram broke? There you go. Oh, you're monitoring the Instagram live? So immediately when they walk out, Biden comes out with his mask, and he, take, he takes it off slowly and deliberately, like, look at me. Ugh. And he looks really old. I'm really, I just worry about him. I really worry about him. Donnie went dark roast on him, honey. I don't know if you're noticed. He looks like a bottle of Copper Tone right now. He is a sultry pork chop. Hard fighting. Coke. Dark tan. Dark tan. Yeah, he would be the proudest rooster in the app. Um, great ties. They both have lovely silken ties. Joe shows a very welcoming blue Almost, almost veering towards a teal or a turquoise. There's some green underbirth in there. Mostly a solid blue. Trump, of course, with the Iron Man red. I, I wrote down nice ties. Uh, I was, uh, it's a little condescending to me, the ties. It's a little condescending that it has to be Captain America versus Iron Man. You know what I mean? Or that it has to be Superman versus blue the blue man group you know what i mean I, it's it's a little condescending but i i get the point i get the point when when else are you going to do that why buy a tie that color that's the exact time um she jumps in they start asking questions about uh of course you know covid19 and whatnot no thank yous no oh i want to say thank you to the committee or the organization or whoever or thanks for having us thank you to this university or wherever they are for hosting it none of that from either candidate <laughs> they immediately just start plowing a lot of China, <laughs> China, a lot of China talk um, now gone. He kept saying the spikes are now gone. They call it a therapeutic. He called it a cure. He's immune now. Um, again, Biden doesn't thank anybody. He's going back to the mask thing. He referred to the New England uh, Health Science Journal as the one of the most serious journals in the whole world. A lot of, lot of that. Um, some great quotes. I just started writing down quotes at one point. Trump did say, I take full responsibility for, you know, the crisis, which I thought was, was great. Um, Biden accused him of being in a sand trap in his golf course. Apparently schools in Boston moved back to completely online this week. The moderator told us Now this is an interesting issue. This is part of one of the things we've been talking about, about what to talk about with, you know, my uh, school district that I'm working with right now is going back on Monday full time. A lot of schools are um, bringing 
we're phasing in groups of kids, right? And starting with younger kids, moving up to older kids. And it doesn't seem to be contingent with the COVID-19 numbers. You know what I mean? It seems to be very much like, okay, we can no longer make the decision about schools based off of local cases. We have to figure out a way to make it safe and make it happen. That seems to be the thing happening nationally. Um, you know, I mean, I've heard from leadership. They're like, I don't necessarily want to be in this building. I don't want to necessarily be bringing large groups back into this building, but that's just kind of what the community is demanding that, that we do. And we're just trying to figure out a way to do it safely. So they talked about that in the debate. They talked about schools a lot in the COVID part of the opening uh, final debate for this presidential election. Really quick. You would, so you would say that it's the community who's kind of making these. Well, here's the thing. Here's how it works. Like locally, at least is um, with us, there's a couple charter schools and then the public school system in the city of St. Louis. And if one of those places opens up, the other places uh, and the other places don't, you're going to lose your enrollment in them. And without your enrollment, you don't have funding hmm. to fund your contracts for all of your uh, professionals that work in on those campuses, right? So um, if St. Louis Public says, okay, we're going to bring these grade levels back on this date, uh, and not, it's not even necessarily a competition, but other schools have to do that. Otherwise, you're going to have kids in the middle of a pandemic whose parents are going to move them school so that they have a safe place to be mm. nine hours a day, yeah. um, which is a huge part of the problem, too. You know, um, yeah, just no, go ahead and crunch that water bottle into the mic. Yeah, that's going to be good. That's going to be good. We're going to leave it because <laughs> that's how you're going to learn. Um, so that's the concern. Right. And uh, and kids are some kids were starting off virtual and it was fun and it was a, a way to challenge their brain in a different way but that's that's kind of gone out the window everyone i'm talking to the kids are struggling it's hard for them to stay engaged with remote instruction little kids like we have some little kids like mm. my campus starts at pre-k so yeah. that virtually is just not developmentally appropriate it's just not and um it's gonna be crazy because they've been cooped up with you know who knows where in what situation for several months now but um you know, these uh, teachers are on the front lines. They're they're going back in and, you know, they have their concerns, but it's just like we, we're limiting class sizes. You know, we're um, masks, of course, and, you know, all kinds of precautions. But um, but also, you know, there's cases in schools all the time and they do really rigorous contact tracing. And, and most people don't get whatever is there to be got when transmission is happening. But, um, you know, it's a it's a it's a. When they were talking about it in the debate, I was very much thinking like, okay, so going back to school is no longer about we can't go back to school until it's safe. It's we have to figure out a way to go back to school and make it as safe as possible because we've sort of run off the clock on, you know, the community's patience with how long we – and that's everywhere. That's really what I feel like it is. It feels like the community's patience and – And it's not like – it's not because they just want their kids out of the house. A lot of their kids are struggling in absolutely. school. Absolutely. I think there's – You know what I mean? Um, and nobody wants to be in big groups of anybody um, because we've been made to feel like it's unsafe, even for the people that don't believe it or haven't had any direct experience with um, the virus at all. I'm sure they still feel hesitant you know, in big groups or big situations because we've just been told that so much that – so whether you believe it or not, that's the concern that people are living their lives with every day. And, uh, you know, that's a uh, 
just a big part of the, the school conversation amongst with uh and a lot of businesses are like that too. Some businesses are going the other way and saying, we're not going to come back in person until April of next year. And some people are saying, look, we're coming back now and we're not going to shut down across the board again. We're going to shut down in pockets as we need to when spikes pop up. What are some of the vibes of the other teachers? Oh, um, well, we're all going back even if the teachers that are going to be coming back don't have kids themselves in the room right because we're going to do all of our virtual teaching from the building now also um because you kind of have to do it that way just to, which is fine though because everyone has their own space their own classroom their own office you know so there's plenty of space for that we have a really great team there or whatever but you know a lot of people are just worried but they're also with their kids every day trying to help their kids learn their curriculum remote and they know how hard that is for their kids and middle school kids are doing a lot better it's more developmentally appropriate yeah. for them to spend more time on the technology because they know how to navigate it in a way that younger kids still struggle with so and you know there are tons of younger kids that are really great with the technology that's of course not everybody and um and when you're young young there's still just tactile stuff that's just so fundamental it's just it's really about brain development i don't want to throw it too far off the rails but if you were to do you think a, like a testing system would be appropriate like like having kids okay we're going to test you on this software and if you feel like you can navigate it you're, you're going to stay home and then if you can't well we gave them the you. option that's the thing is families oh, really? have the option okay. regardless of academics families have the option and i think that's going to be the the trend for a long time it's pretty pertinent information i think that's going to be several months <laughs> is, no no that's great that's a yeah. good point is um, we're not making kids come back if they don't want to they All chose right. virtual or otherwise and so we're going to have at least one classroom of each at each grade level, right? We're going to have, um, and a lot of schools are doing that, where they're going to have teams that are teaching remotely. Some schools are doing it in other parts of the country where the teacher is teaching kids in the room and then has a laptop in the back with the remote kids on it. And we do not like that. We don't <laughs> uh, want to do that. That is not good for anybody. Yeah. <laughs> nobody wants to be that kid that's virtual yeah. and having to wait on all the behavior problems happening in person. And right. nobody wants to be that teacher who has to manage both of those things. And um, that's just not, nobody is going to wish that on anybody. So, you know, teachers are worried, uh, I think. Um, but I think they also, uh, the vibe I get a lot is we have to figure out how to get our kids to, because as a nation, we have this problem anyway, where we have things we really desperately need our kids to learn. You know, ELA is what my job kind of focuses on a lot. We just call that, English language arts that's reading mostly. Um, we've stagnated as a nation for, for a long time, for 10 years. You know, we really haven't grown to the capacity that we were used to for so long. So, and there's a lot of reasons for that. And that'll be something we talk about probably with more qualified experts as the show progresses. But um, it's fascinating because, you know, we're, we really want, to help our kids be strong uh, students in the 21st century. And that's really, really hard. And now you have this pandemic on top of it. And then you pile up any environmental stress, poverty or hunger or abuse or whatever. Um, just normal human suffering and anxiety even can be um, a lot when your brain is still developing and you have all those other factors to deal with. And the system is sort of not working for everybody right now. You know what I mean? It's so... We have that, our teachers are worried about that anyway. And then now, you know, of course, they're going to be worried about their own physical safety and whatnot. But I haven't heard any teachers that are that are just refusing to um, 
go back or whatever because they really want to to help their kids learn and to transform their kids' lives. And so that's great to see. But um we started talking about this because in the you know in the debate they talked about this for a long time. They mentioned schools enough that I wrote it down. Um any other notes in the debate? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. We're catching up. We're catching up here. Um so we started talking about um a lot of old man rhetoric, a lot of come ons, a lot of China, <laughs> a lot of uh walking and chewing gum at the same time, whatever that means. Um Trump said about Kim Jong un, he's a different kind of guy. I'm sure he feels the same way about me. We have a different kind of relationship. It's a good relationship. So that was weird. Yeah. Kim Jong un's the current one, right? The youngest guy? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, you know, and a lot of that going on. At eighty one fifty, so at eighty one minutes and fifty seconds, I stopped and made this note that and i'll just say it i don't want to feel uh hateful or malicious because i don't feel that way about it but i think maybe we need to age cap some of these public offices it starts at 35 you know i believe you can be too young to be president absolutely 35 sounds fine maybe it needs to be 65 and maybe that means you can be elected at 65 and maybe that even means you could be reelected if you were initially elected before you were 65, maybe that's even a way to grandfather in people that are on leadership tracks in our government or whatever, if that's a concern. But I think really new presidents need to cap at 65 just because as a community, why do we want our senior citizens to bear that burden? We should step up as the middle age, 35 to 65 demographic, I think is reasonable and say, listen, we can have advisors. We can have other offices that are of that are, you know, that don't have those caps and we can have elderly people because their experience is invaluable. Joe Biden is 112 years old. You know what I mean? Donald Trump is no spring chicken. And so they obviously have experienced the economy in different places and different levels of office. And I think their perspective is absolutely valuable, but don't make them bear the whole burden. Don't make them be the one guy. Why does a 75 year old man have to be the one with the launch codes? And I don't think it should be really offensive because they already have an age you know, a, a, an age. That's the thing. We've already we've already established that you can be too young, and you I agree with that. You know, I'm not old enough to be president right. yet, and um, and thank God. Right. You know what I mean? Because you know your brain is still developing. I've always been kind of paranoid about this because they always say when I was a kid it used to be, oh, your brain's not developed till you're 25, and then I, as I got older, it kept getting older. Like I was like, is this about me? Because it was yeah. 26, 28, <laughs> and uh, but no, definitely 35 is a good age, right? That's where you've kind of you know, um, been beaten up enough that you can, you know, kind of figure out how to navigate an organization. Maybe the office of a president is a little too solitary anyway. Maybe it's a little antiquated and uh, monarchical. Yeah. You know what I mean? But um, that's not even what I'm saying. I'm just saying, why are we asking, isn't he a great grandfather? <laughs> Doesn't he have great grandkids? Did, doesn't Biden? Joe Biden? Yeah. Trump. Um, I don't know. I know Trump is a, Recent father, but Biden, I don't know if he's a great grandfather. You know, in the future, when we're doing Instagram Live, we should really have people offering comments, and you can. Pick well, you and know, choose. that sounds like a that sounds like a you thing. Okay. <laughs> that sounds like it's something <laughs> you should probably work on. This is only our second time doing this, so write that down. Um, yeah, yeah, put that in your notes and smoke it. So, I mean, that I so I stopped at eighty one fifty. I don't remember exactly what they were talking about, but I was just looking at the two of them and thinking. Guys, 10 years ago, they would have been pushing the limit. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just 
why put all that stress on on those people? Then they start talking about healthcare, which is a huge issue um, with me that, you know, I've talked about a lot. My life, I know, would look very differently if the med medical system in our country looked differently. Uh, and I know a lot of people feel the same way. A lot of people are completely trapped in situations or jobs or whatever that they're unhappy in because they're so afraid of not having medical coverage. Uh, I've lived a lot of my life that way. Never changed my major in college because I, I knew I wanted to commit to something where I could have health insurance. That was like something I was obsessed about all the time. And I'm not saying that's right. And I'm not saying that's how everybody feels. But so when they start talking about healthcare, it gets kind of exhausting because I'm sort of concerned in that area in a lot of pre-existing conditions. And, and they do this with immigration too, talking about things that I thought we had figured out already. Right. You know what I mean? That, um, but apparently, you know, we still have to talk about, we have 400 miles of new wall, Apparently, Trump wanted to bring that up. And then, of course, arguing about who put the kids in cages and what are we... Apparently, they're still fighting about what they're going to do with the DACA kids. I thought that was solved. I thought Ooh. they figured that out. Those people are adults. Yeah. 20,000 of them, apparently, are first responders. So a lot of, like... it's. It almost felt like, because we are an hour and a half in at this point, that it, it feels like they got to the point where they're just grasping at things that they know because they're... What's the word? They're just scrambling. Yeah. It, it was just not a cohesive. It's much better than the first one with the constant yelling and interrupting. It's much better moderated and they're much more well behaved, but that's not saying much. It's almost like they had to get it out of the way. Yeah. And so when they start throwing around terms like that, I'm like, oh, I thought pre existing conditions were Gucci. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like how we always argue about Roe versus Wade right. with the Supreme Court, but like that hasn't been successfully challenged since 1965 you know maybe it's gonna be okay well I'd, uh here's a question which of those questions do you feel like it's really the community's responsibility over the president i feel like you know I'm, race relations are extremely important and it is something that the president should address but i feel like we we also individual communities need to take responsibility in their own you know well, and the, the main problem with the president being one person is they're really just a figurehead and they're really just like a PR guy. Like some people say, oh, well, like Trump, what do you expect him to say? Well, Trump does press conferences all the time. He's talking to the press every day. I'm like, maybe that's not a good thing. Maybe yeah. he should have some privacy to do his job because his job is not to communicate with the press every day. His job is to execute the office. And uh, and that's anybody that would be in there. I mean. And the main thing that they have immediate influence over is people's feeling about how they're doing their job. If you go on the news and you're panicked and you're angry and you're snarky, people are going to think you're kind of coming unglued. And if you yeah. go on the news and you're kind of boring and you have a positive update and you say, we're still working on blah, 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 you look calm, cool, collected, boring, and you could disappear. Nearly pisses people off sometimes. <laughs> and I think that's the attraction to Biden. I'm a super progressive liberal dude, yeah. right? And... Uh, but I'm also not invested in the system at all. Like, that's the other thing. It's, it's so hard to have these conversations because I don't know who to trust to get information from because media is so slanted. So, but Biden is very much like an old coffee fart that will just wave into the office and kind of allow things to hopefully drift back to being boring if that's the way that the election goes. But um, the, what was the question? Um. Well, I was just I was mostly asking that whether uh, whether or not you think that Trump or Biden, like if their opinions are really that valuable when it comes to certain. That's issues. the thing. The main thing they have control over is the the 
political kind of vibe of the people that pay attention to them and right. otherwise like I, yeah it's too much pressure to say one person biden or trump has to fix health care however yeah. you want that to be fixed in whatever fashion that looks good for you it doesn't make sense to ask one person to be in charge of all that because they shouldn't have that power i don't think they necessarily do to do it all on their own even if you totally wipe the house you know and, yeah. and or you're in control of the whole thing i mean there's always going to be people asking questions and people trying to sneak stuff in or sneak stuff out. And um, it's great to have one guy that you can hold accountable if, if that system is messing things up, but it it's not really about him. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And hopefully her someday and yeah. um, or neither. I'd love to have a non-binary <laughs> president. Like, can we just jump right to that? Can we right. just jump all, but you know what? And I've been, my wife gets mad at me when I bring this up. Lead theory what is it? There's this um, theory that there was so much lead in the paint and the water and in normal things that we used in the middle of, of the 20th century. Where is this going? Hold on. This okay. is all over the internet. This is all over the internet. This is totally related to this debate, too. And if you My grandma it, just logged on, too, just so you know. So. Okay, good. So I won't mention anything about the devil. Yeah. Um, so I think the, the main thing, um, lead theory, in the middle of the 20th century, there was so much lead in gasoline and paint and other kind of products that we've now made lead free that people that were then growing up in that environment were just full of lead all the time. They were just being poisoned by lead. And some of the symptoms of lead poisoning yield to things like, uh, I think psychosis and aggression. And that's why they think we had part of the reason why we had an explosion of serial <laughs> killers in the 1970s is because really? yes because oh. young men who grew up being slowly poisoned by lead every day <laughs> were uh hitting uh maturity and they were also that's the age where a lot of your psych psychological kind of problems on set is your brain develops in a way that your disorders emerge in your early 20s and those are the guys that were killing all the young college girls and killing all of the 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 were the street workers and all of the random killings that were so uh, prominent in the seventies for the first time, there is evidence of uh, a connection between when those people were exposed to lead and when they're not. Now those people that survived and didn't kill people in the seventies and go to prison or get murdered. Uh, a lot of those people are in their seventies and eighties now. And some of them are probably holding office. Do you think Joe Biden always lived? in a lead-free household? No, it was impossible because like there used to be letters. lead in the gasoline. It used Absolutely. to be pumping out into the air all the time. And uh they're now our letters leader. Yes. So, <laughs> I just think that that's a possibility. It's possible that both of these dudes were exposed to lead in their childhood in a way that maybe affects some of their uh psychological stability at this point. It was, it was an unfortunate transition that you went from wanting a, tra uh, you know, a, a, hopefully a non-binary president to, you know, all of our presidents are <laughs> lead full. And ex and yeah, I don't know insane. how we made that transition. Um, <laughs> Trump did include that, uh, with the exception of maybe Lincoln, maybe, maybe. quote, uh, he's done more for, uh, we were both laughing out loud at this point, you were here by, by yeah. now. What I want to do is, um, can you creep up the volume on that speaker there just a little bit, just to like 25%? And then, um, can you hit play on the YouTube video? Exactly what this is going. where he's going. The that, laptop right. is Russia, yes. Russia, Russia. I want to stay on the issue of race. You okay? have to be kidding. Here Mr. we go President, again with Russia. 
We're going to continue on the issue of race. Mr. President, you've described one. the Black Lives Matter movement as a symbol of hate. You've shared a video of a man chanting white power to millions of your supporters. You've said that black professional athletes exercising their First Amendment rights should be fired. What do you say to Americans who say that kind of language from a president is contributing to a climate of hate and racial strife? Well, you have to understand, the first time I ever heard of Black Lives Matter, they were chanting, pigs in a blanket, talking about police. Pigs, pigs, talking about our police. Pigs in a blanket, fry them like bacon. I said, that's a horrible thing. And they were marching down the street. And that was my first uh, glimpse of Black Lives Matter. I thought it it's was a weird terrible to just thing. Listen to it. Yeah. As far as uh, my relationships with all people, I think <laughs> I have great relationships with all people. He's great I am with all the least racist person in this room. Well, what do you say to Americans who are concerned by that rhetoric? I, I don't know. The, I mean, I don't know what to say. I got criminal justice reform done and prison reform and opportunity zones. I took care of black colleges and universities. I don't know what to say. They can say anything. I mean, they can say anything. It's a very, it makes me sad because I am, I, I am the least racist person. I can't even see the audience because it's so dark, but I don't care who's in the audience. I'm the least racist person in this room. That's always okay. weird. Okay, Vice President Biden, let me it. ask you very quickly and then I have a follow-up question. That's always weird to me when, um, like there's, they, like the Guinness Book of World Records refuses to pursue documenting certain records that um, are sort of gratuitous in their, in their specificity, meaning that um, this came up because the White Stripes wanted to file uh, for the shortest concert ever played. They played one note on their can Canadian tour at one of their yeah. pop-up shows, and they wouldn't do it because they said, oh, if when you start getting into you're the shortest or you're the least or you're the smallest, it's a constant <laughs> race to undercutting right. that. You know, it gets totally exploited. It doesn't feel very progressive. It doesn't feel very productive, productive either. Sorry, you know what I mean? Um, and and so that's kind of uh, where I learned that. But this, the least, I'm the least racist. That's one, probably not true. But two, how are we measuring that? He should be saying he's the most racist. That'd be the most productive. <laughs> I think that would probably that would definitely get um, that would definitely switch the pace up a little yeah. bit. Yeah, that would fire I'm it up. I'm the most racist person in this room. Let's see where this is going. You want to hit play again? Question for you. Abraham Lincoln here is one of the most racist presidents we've had in modern history. He pours fuel on every single racist fire. Every single one. He started off his campaign coming down the escalator saying he's getting rid of those Mexican rapists. He's banned Muslims because they're Muslims. He has moved around and made everything worse across the board. He says to the, about the poor boys, last time we were on stage here, he said, I told him to stand down he meant and proud stand boys. ready. Yeah. That's, Come fine. On. That's fine. This guy is a dog whistle about as big as a foghorn. Dog whistle as big as a foghorn. No, he made a reference. That's going to be the name of the episode. Yeah, I've kind of, I listened to the rest of it last night. I didn't have any strong responses then. Um, dog whistle as big as a foghorn. Fog you know, that's like, it's kind of like that saying that I just drives me up a wall. It's like, you're going to be doing that like white on rice. White like, on rice. I'm going to be what? on you like stink on shit, buddy. <laughs> right. It's like, what? That gross. What are you saying? I'm Bro, like, what are you saying? Yeah. As big as a foghorn. You know, that's. Foghorn, longhorn. Foghorn dog whistle yeah. is going to be my new ska band. <laughs>
Well, I mean, I think yeah, it is just a test. How much I mean, time are we at on Studio One? Well, thirty-six minutes of video, and I I can't ever tell the time on the Studio One. Uh huh. Great. I can't I? Can't. I mean, it's it's done in bars. Here's the thing: we're not a political uh, organization. It's not a political show. You can turn that speaker down. It's off. Okay. And uh, but I was watching that, and I was like, you know, we're kicking this thing off the ground. I really want to learn how we want to execute recurring episodes of this podcast. I was like, let's get on. And it was really rude of us to not consider maybe waiting to do the first episode until after the debate, considering it was the same night. But um, I hadn't, I didn't realize what had happened. So again, I don't think anyone's going to the election feeling good about it. Um, so far we've been pretty apolitical as a, as a show and saying that, you know, there's obviously two ways to look at all these issues and i don't think anyone is 100 percent thrilled about either of these candidates i think in 2016 joe biden was cool old uncle joe and you had the leslie nope thing and i think that um that was the time but the uh the dnc had already rigged it against bernie for hillary and then uh and then he got four years older and he didn't do it well and then they rigged it well the covid thing yeah he's old because of covid no no uh well bernie tried to run again well, and yeah, then and, the, and then the DNC the flipped it because really? you know, for for Biden it was the same thing. It was I the same operation um, because the operation is not secure the White House with the best candidate. The uh, operation is get the uh, uh, the leftist establishment back in there as opposed to the whatever's happening now. I mean, Trump being a total outside, the, and the RNC is the same way. They obviously, I think, a lot of people wanted. Marco Rubio to be the guy. Other people wanted Ted Cruz to be the guy when Trump came in and kind of took over. I don't think they saw that happening, but I don't think it's about them. I think behind the scenes, it's really about there's this establishment. Charisma. Well, there's oh. this establishment that's really running the show, and it's kind of not one group of people. Yeah. Um. And so people like you know, Bernie come around, and they're not part of that. So they're not gonna, they're not just gonna be welcomed in there, and that's a that's a big upset, right? Well, and um. Do, you know you're pretty self-proclaimed you know farther left but yeah. what value do you see in the republican party in your opinion what what are their what are the core strengths do you think well, they i think bring both parties are, it's so weird it doesn't make any sense it doesn't make mm. any sense to pick um either way i mean because they're I both agree. of those parties are so establishment they're actually not relevant to what real people care about and what real people care about are the issues that they struggle with every day it used to be um you know, uh, marriage equality. And then, you know, back in the day it was, you know, there are, um, people alive right now whose mothers or older siblings or whatever were not allowed to vote as young women. You know what I mean? So that was what a hundred years ago. I mean, it's not that long ago. So, not so the, so the, the real issues are things that are boring to talk about corporate tax law, things like that. And that's really where it was hundred ago. Yeah, that's really where the DNC and the RNC kind of um, operate. Is that's kind of their their main function? Is they're part of this establishment of the government as an organization that they're all a part of, and it sort of has its own kind of agenda. And then there's the issues that normal people care about: healthcare, um, racial injustice, political violence, right? And we spend all of our time talking about those things. Meanwhile, you know, I hate to name drop, 
Jeff Bezos is getting, you know, a business loan and paying nothing in taxes, and he's worth uh, more money than I thought uh, people were allowed to have. So, I mean, it's, it's a rabbit hole. It's hard, you know, because there's also people that have to vote right because of their their faith, and they have to vote single issue. They are really, um, in a lot of ways, uh, complicated and 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 mostly a net positive as people go. But for example, they can't vote. Um, pro-choice they have to vote pro-life they feel that conviction that's not my conviction but there are people that feel that and so they end up voting for somebody that really donald trump does not care about roe versus wade in his heart i don't think he thinks about it right but people vote for him because they feel like they have to because the establishment that he represents has committed to at least pretending to fight for those issues right on on that side of the aisle so it doesn't, but it doesn't make any sense because he's the the Republican Party is supposed to be family values and and faith based and small government, but that's not who he Free is. Market. That's not his guy. You know what I mean? And does Joe Biden really care about some of the issues that he's choosing to represent people? Uh, I may, you know, I mean, I don't I don't want to speak for anybody, but I know a lot of people are going to vote for Joe that maybe don't want to because they don't feel like they have another option because they are voting for a myriad of other issues that um that are all piled into this umbrella and it happens with laws all the time too you see there's things in laws about things that the law is not supposed to be about but they call it the save the whale law and so you sneak <laughs> it all in there with that stuff yeah it reminds me of the Cheechin song song save the whales save the whales I don't we, we should learn that one yeah we should make that the intro I every time you say uh I don't think Joe Biden cares all I, I just keep substituting in black people. <laughs> like Kanye oh, West. Oh Kanye, yeah. George Bush does not that was <laughs> I watched I that live when that people. happened. No way. That whole You were there. Well, I wasn't there, but I saw I, it, you know, on TV. But that whole thing was crazy. It was like three days of constant live performances of people um <laughs> playing music and talking, all these celebrities for um for Hurricane Katrina. Right. And then, yeah, Kanye watching West that happen, and then they cut from Kanye and Mike Myers, which is so random, <laughs> to Chris Tucker, and he didn't know they were going to cut to him, and he's just like, what is what? happening right now? Um, and now um, Kanye is, you know what is so crazy? Somebody texted me last night. They drove by my old home in, in the suburb that I you know, lived in, in Kirkwood there. I I said that. And they, uh, yeah, you just doxed me. Yeah, right. I am just got doxed. That's where his mother lives, everyone. No, well, she moved. Um, <laughs> okay. And so, but they drove past our old house there, which has been torn down and, and replaced with a, a newer house because it had a lot of problems. It was a thousand years old. It was, it was a beautiful house. I it, remember it. Well, it's a beautiful property, but the house was gross. And so they built a new one there and they have a big flag that looked like a Trump flag, but it says Yeezy. Oh no. So I don't know if they made that, if they bought that from a third party. I don't know if Kanye West, is, I know he's still going to be on to write in and um, I didn't know he had flags though. So my old house has a Yeezy flag. I wanted to go take it. Yeah, but if somebody took my Yeezy flag, I'd be really upset. So I'm just yeah. gonna order one. It's probably like a billion dollars. Oh, we, this expensive. is exactly the kind of stuff you should be looking up. I'm so glad you brought your laptop. I'm sorry, yeah. So we can look up exactly how much a Yeezy flag. Great, we can sell it. Buy it up. If we could flip them, if we buy them up now, oh, there's a Yeezy yard sign on Etsy for nine dollars. Kanye 2020, that's $40, but that's not the flag I saw. Oh, here we go. Yeezy for President 2020 
on Amazon in stock, twenty dollars. How big? How big? Three by five. Pretty good. Is it three feet by five feet? Four four below. Is it really how cheap that is? Oh no, that's a decal. That's a three by five decal. No, that says flag. Yeah, I've got a flag. Oh, that's just the store. University Customs. Is this the one you were looking at? Yeah. No, no well, that was the one I saw earlier. Um, yeah, definitely buying that. Definitely buying that. How's the Instagram Live going? Pretty good. We got a couple of followers. No, that's great. Oh, I just got a $20 gift card for work because they have this um, health and wellness budget that they can't spend when we're remote, so they just give us Amazon gift cards. Oh, I just bought myself a Kanye Yeezy for President 2020 flag to complete the circle. Guys, Jacob V Podcast is up and running. We've smoothened it out in the last 24 hours. Can I ask you a couple of questions before we uh, log off? Yeah, let's make sure we capture it all because I'm going to go into a deep sleep. I'm probably going to overdose on chicken tenders when we leave here. All right, well, then we can just do one. No, 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 give me them both. Please hit me up. Well, I think it's... You know, people are listening to podcasts. I feel like it'd be appropriate to get to know you a little bit better. Um, Me? I, yeah, well, you and where you're from. Oh, sure. Um, besides the last hour, we just recorded you speaking. But we, uh, I was thinking top five uh, restaurants and the items that make Yeah, them. Yeah, you In brought this St. up Louis. last night. You brought yeah. this up last night. Is it, this would have been a good cold open if we hadn't had an update on the cockfighting um, excursion. So a big part of... Uh, my identity is being from St. Louis. I'm from the city of St. Louis originally, but I got kicked out of Catholic school after kindergarten. It was really not a good fit for me, so we moved to the suburbs for a while. I went to school there, but me and my wife moved back um, in our 20s. And so we're talking about restaurants. Uh, I'm, well, I'm talking about why we're talking about St. Louis, because <laughs> you know a podcast is a is a global endeavor. And uh, so we live in South St. Louis now. We bought a house here at the end of last year after our wedding. And so St. Louis food is a, 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 an immense hobby of mine. So Joe had the idea of just to give us some some mic time and to sort of, you know, get to know um, some of our perspective as the show. Yes. So five St. Louis restaurants or food items? Five restaurants and the food items that make them. Okay, so my, first, personal. my first idea is the Seamus McDaniels Buffalo Chicken Sandwich which is massive. You have to get it fried. You can get it grilled, and I'm sure it's delicious, but that's not really how it's intended. Mm. Beautiful, giant Kaiser roll. Mm. Um, just the, It's a sarcastic sandwich. It's really mm. absurd. It's really good. My wife, it's two meals. When she gets it, she can't eat the whole thing in one sitting. That's definitely going to be one. And mm. I always do wings up front with that because I double down on buffalo in my life. And their ranch, they make their own ranch, and it's so thick and oh. supple and delicious. Mm. So let's make that number five. Or no, is that number one? Or back oh, I'm just kind of going in the order that they're coming to me. All right, all right. So that's definitely a local thing that, like, I can't just go get that anywhere in the world. You know what I mean? Like, that's definitely one of my go-tos. And that's a, that's a well-known establishment. I'm not going to go on about it and be a basic bro yeah. about Seamus McDaniels. But definitely Seamus McDaniels, buffalo chicken sandwich, no doubt about it. Then, you know what? I'm always down for a Ted, uh, Ted Drew's Concrete. For sure. So for I've sure. been doing the Dad's lately, which is another St. Louis kind of thing. It's um, Dad's it's Scotch Dad's. Oatmeal Cookies. Oh, yeah. That's a yeah, phenomenal. And they crush those up in the concrete. I used to go to Mocha Bees on South Grand to get the milkshakes. They had a Dad's Cookie Milkshake. 
Yeah. And, but now Ted Drews does it, and it's that's my go-to. Get whatever your filling is. Some people like fruit. That you do a fruity syrup thing. My my wife does cookie dough and chocolate chips with whipped cream. So good. Yeah. No, the dad's is great. I know they also have a dad's oatmeal. Yeah, beer. and for people that haven't had Ted Drews, it's just really what Dairy Queen Blizzards want to be. Yeah, I agree. Right, a Dairy Queen Blizzard has its place, mixing in the the soft serve with the, the things. That's the recipe basically. But Ted Drews, it's frozen custard. It's a you can't streamline that. It's psychotic. It's a yeah. it's a crazy experience. Um, I mean, there's obviously there's even restaurants dedicated to this, but there's places you go to get uh, certain local favorites. Any good bar you go into, you can get the T Rav, you can get the wings, you can get yeah. the you know that kind of stuff um, is a major part of my diet. And there's always going to be a good local place to find that stuff. Pizza's the same way. St. Louis style pizza. I love yeah. Alicia's. I love Emo's. I love Cecil Whitaker's. If I'm craving it, I'm probably going to go for the Emo's. If I'm going to buy my own pizza sauce at the store, I'm going to get the Emo's. Agreed. Um, I totally understand. If you didn't grow up with it, it's not pizza to you. Provel cheese scares you. I totally understand. But when I grew up with it, it's a, it's one of my favorite things. And if you don't think about it as pizza in an ideological sense, it doesn't bother you. It's like yeah. a delicious cracker pizza treat if that's how you got to think of it but yeah. you know i also love a slice of like a east coast style cracker as in pizza. white people or cracker is in no cracker as wow. in a like a saltine almost some people to compare think that's like a cracker it's not a pizza because you're you think a pizza has to be a doughy cheesy layered bready thing which yeah. is so good but sometimes that's not what you're craving sometimes mm-hmm. you're craving specifically uh an entire sausage pepperoni extra large emos all to yourself that you cram in your face almost like it's a stunt like it's uh like it's a so buffalo chicken ted drew's emos but in really buffalo yeah the buffalo chicken the shamus yeah yeah yeah. and then the ted drew's concrete and then the emos pizza but you could also be alicia's is so good you get a double sausage from alicia's quality restaurant yeah or you go to cecil whitaker's same thing it's always the sauce is a little bit different the cheese blend is always gonna be a little bit different but they're they're relatives. They're all siblings of the same birth. Yeah, we got three. <sighs> maybe like juniper, but that's not maybe not in your top five. Well, but that's the thing though is like um. So those other three things are duplicated other places. Yeah. But like uh, also a huge thing locally is fried chicken. Mm-hmm. Juniper is like a gourmet spot for for a uh, a fried chicken um dish. Oh. They they. I think uh, marinate their fried chicken in fish sauce or soy sauce or maybe both. And so you get this kind of Asian kind of sneak. But if you just want to go to a disgusting down-home fried chicken style joint, uh, we go to Hodax. They do great carryout. They're the historical, like, best chicken in town or whatever. It's a specific thing. Everyone that didn't grow up eating it, I take them there, and they love it. I've had friends where they had never um, been, and they were moving away. So I took I took them. That was the first idea I had for a podcast. I was like, oh, God, what if I just took my musician friends to different restaurants? And we just talked about... Five musicians in cars. Just a bunch of... St. Louis yeah, just a bunch of melodramatic, chubby white dudes eating fried chicken but complaining about it getting on their fingers. Yeah. Um, that <laughs> right. would be that show. And what so I, I took my, Tim, my friend Tim and my friend Grant... They were both moving somewhere else coincidentally, and I wanted to go to Hodex for lunch, and so I made them meet me there. 
and you know you get the fried mushrooms you mm. get the golden half uh a fried chicken dinner mm-hmm. which is you know a wing a leg a breast and a thigh i'm a thigh dude myself i do double fries because some of their sides are gross but the fries are delicious they have great sauces they have barbecue sauce on the table but um so that's a big part of the appeal I'm trying to think what I eat when I've had all of those things. You know, there are actually some places, even though we're in the Midwest, if you have a sushi craving, there are good places to get sushi. I eat a lot of sushi, even takeout now, because it's kind of nice, because it doesn't have to get cold. It's kind of supposed to be at that temperature anyway. Um, we used to always do the all-you-can-eat at Blue Ocean. They quit doing that, maybe because of us. But there's also... San Luis Wings. Oh yeah, that well, that's where we used to go. Yeah, in in Rock Hill, uh, when the I wing was company. Because they did the all you can eat. Yeah, it was not. You could pick your different flavors, and that would get savage. Yeah, that would get disgusting. And we used to do those at Weber's, where they were bone in, and oh, oh wow, uh, and you just have a mountain of bones. It was just disgusting. That's a good deal. So, yeah, there's a whole buffalo chicken kind of scene here. I hate you got me using that word. <laughs> but yeah that's definitely and that's probably everywhere it's just everyone has to have a papa john's has a buffalo chicken papadilla that's so good mm. i know it's like a it's like a lazy let's keep a low calzone you know what i mean no but yeah so Sauce on the side but i was just thinking there's some local sushi places too if you're totally once you've had the fried chicken and the buffalo chicken sandwich and the hot wings and the to dad's concrete and the emo's pizza um you know maybe you're burnt out so maybe friday night you need something a little lighter a little more sophisticated there's some really nice sushi spots in town Mm. that we check out a lot um you got to just know who to ask you got to know um you know who's getting the good stuff from the good places um seafood it's it's a gamble in the midwest as you can imagine we're not pulling high quality tuna out of the mississippi up here farm raised so um yeah, you got to find out who's getting what when, and you can tell some places have stuff that tastes good, but you could tell they they dye their uh, their tuna red or whatever. You could tell if it bleeds onto other, if it bleeds onto the rice that color too much. You could tell that oh maybe that's not it's in the salmon color. You know my, what I mean? So, but there are good places rice. that that are not cheap, but you can find you could find good sushi here too. So that's sort of my rotation is the the buffalo chicken, the fried chicken, the emos, the tedros, the um. The sushi. Nice night out, maybe, for the sushi. Right, that's what I'm saying. So yeah. I'm just trying to think, if you have to meal plan a whole week here. Here's a... I have one, I have one more before we... Yeah. I mean, I don't want to go through them all. I just really don't... You're, I, I, mean, I don't, I don't want to say on food, but I think uh, your top five, personal top five St. Louis fast food locations. Oh, Jesus. For well, service. For quality of service? For quality of service. Well, I... Not to be all Yelp review on Yeah, you. I don't eat at Chick-fil-A, so I don't know how it is there. I hear a lot. So starting off, what we don't go to yeah, is yeah, Chick-fil-A. Yeah. So I, but I, when I hear customer service, I, people are always saying the customer service at Chick-fil-A is so great. I won't go there, so I don't know. Um, Lion's Choice is my favorite. That's a local hit, but really great um, drive through roast beef sandwiches. If Arby's had a self-esteem, it would be Lion's Choice. Is there like a... <laughs> it's like a day a special day of the week maybe a time that's perfect oh it's good for lunch any day i like wow. to go early in the summer or whatever when i would be off and it wasn't 
COVID, I would go right when they opened at like 10.30 or 11. It would be me and a bunch of old guys leaving the hardware store. We'd all sit by ourselves and eat our, you know, I would get two King Beef and Swiss. Um, their hot dog is really good. Oh, yeah. Their fries are really special. They have the horsey sauce. You go, oh. you get the au jus cup, but you fill it with the horsey sauce yeah, instead good. of the au jus. Yeah. And that's just a, a dunk fanatic. And then you get the orange creamsicle milkshake milkshakey yeah. vibe afterwards Hang i mean on. forget about it that's definitely gonna be my number one any day of the week also keeping it local if you want a drive-through experience fort taco is still open really in brentwood next to the popeyes um go there after this so fort taco you get their puffer you can get their tamale you can get the burrito in a box they'll let they'll let you eat it in your car like you're at in and out or something <laughs> like they'll ask you if you want it open box open and um can we open it for you yeah do you want it open or you want it closed and you know you know you want that bitch open because you're gonna go <laughs> eat it in the popeye's drive-thru <laughs> so you can get a popeye's chicken sandwich because yeah, you notice the line was bearable yeah um really good so two locals any any of your local lion's choices great customer service great experience fort taco there's never a bad line they're really quick they're really sweet they're really nice really great prices for that for the level of quality food that is it's insanely delicious you really like that Taco Bell in Manchester. Uh, yeah, well, they moved over to Big Bend in Manchester now. Oh. Um, but that was the crew that was, it used to be a Kmart and a Taco Bell on Manchester at whatever that road was in Dogtown there, right? Like the big parking lot you park in to go to Dogtown yeah. um, on St. Patrick's Day, where the Kmart used to be and whatever. Yeah. But they closed it, and I got real bummed out, but they're moving it. They moved it down to, that's the Maplewood Taco Bell now. So... Lion's Choice of Fort Taco. Bird and Barrel is another local drive-through mm-hmm. that I have hit. They are actually closed right now, though, oh. because of how they were having to operate their business. Um, they closed their Cherokee location for now, and they're going to reopen as soon as they can at a, cl- a location much closer to me here over on Hampton at a place that used to be Bobby's Place. Bird and Barrel, they have the homemade... I get the dark meat nugs, which is usually like thigh meat mm. and just the, it's like gourmet fried. Dark it used to be nugs. a church's chicken. I think that building did. Mm-hmm. And they have a drive through experience. that's just bar none, really, really great customer service and just really great food. We go nuts in there. We get like one of everything. It's not um, efficient for us to do because we go too hard. We, we want one of everything. They have, Sometimes they do General So's fried chicken skin, where it's just the skin, bro. Just the skin. Yeah. Um, good stuff. The nugs are legendary. You, you really only need a five-piece if you're just driving through, because they're just big, real pieces of chicken. Mm. I'm proud of myself. I know all these local drive through spots. Okay, <laughs> this place needs a shout-out. The Dirt Cheap on Gravoy. Just into the county, right when you leave the city on gravel, you cross River to Pear. There's a dirt cheap coming up on one. your right. I've got a, It's got a drive-through. Yeah, you could go in. You can get cigarettes. You can get booze. You can get non-alcoholic beverages. You can get a fountain soda in the drive-through. They had a drive-through before the COVID stuff started. Happening. Yeah, yeah, they already had it because Genius. they. Yeah, the building I guess had one already, and they were like, "Forget it, we'll put it there." Yeah. Right.